The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Today's buzz, game on, game face, top of your game, a whole new ball game, giving the game away, ahead of the game, a game two can play, beating someone at their own game, fair game, and I'm game. If you haven't guessed, our topic is gamification. I am so delighted to welcome back our panel, who was on the air with me on April 9th. It really wasn't that long ago. We had so much to talk about gamification. I just had had to invite them back, and they responded and said, okay, Bonnie, game on. So let me start with my introduction, and then you'll meet them. We'll hear their wonderful quotes, and we'll dig into our topic. So games have been an integral part of all societies for centuries. They're considered a formalized expression of play, and more than that, games carry the ideas and behavior of a culture from generation to generation on into the future. I borrowed that from Wikipedia, of course. Now, commentary here, but while we thought games were just for fun, we know we love games for fun. The concept was maturing into a serious player in a diversity of areas. Think about formal learning. Think about job training. Consider workplace productivity. Think about sustainability, a huge buzzword today. How about healthcare, advertising, real estate, and sales, of course. We've even read that 70% of today's top 2,000 companies plan to use gamification in a business way by next year. That's 2015. Is it really here already? Almost. So games are not child's play anymore by any stretch of the imagination. If you're not a believer yet, my panel is about to convince you. So let's welcome my first guest calling in from the UK. I believe it's Professor Ashok Ranchad. He has so many letters after his name. I'll read them. I have no idea what most of them are, but BSC, MSC, MBA, PhD, FCIM, and he is part of Games Design Hub. And Ashok, I could call him Ashok because we're friends now. He sent me a quote yeah. from Alice in Wonderland, a quote of a conversation between Alice and the Cheshire Cat in Chapter 6, for those of you who are Lewis Carroll fans. And here's the quote. If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Ashok, welcome back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks for welcoming me back on the show. Oh, delighted. Now, talk to me about this Alice in Wonderland quote. If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. How does that relate to gamification? Ah, well, this is, this, and I thought I'd pick that quote out because it kind of typifies two Two different things to me uh, in terms of what gaming and what's happening in business, etc. First of all, I think a lot of people in um, 
gaming, and, and I think I sent some, uh, an article from the BBC Radio 4, actually don't understand where they're going. And uh, part of it, I think, stems from the fact that if you are going to learn something, then you should at least take the road, and any road will do uh, mm-hmm. in order for you to understand what the basics are and, and what sort of things are possible in gamification. The, the other side of the quote is actually um, really looking at games like Minecraft or games where people can, uh, uh, can really develop the sorts of things they can do. Because if you remember in the first program, I showed you an article by Douglas Copeland and uh, mm-hmm. some of the um, children who were playing around w- with, with Minecraft and building all kinds of weird structures. Yes. So, in a sense, there are games, and there are games like Euphoria and Prometheus, which allow you to kind of seed the planet and, and, and manage the um, ecosystems, etc. But, to be honest, any road will do. So, so people can take different avenues and different ways in which they can look at things. So I think gamification in some ways offers rules, but it also offers opportunities to look at things in different ways. And that's where the, the, I thought the quote uh, would be appropriate. Thank you, Ashok. And, and listening to you, it, it, it's dawning on me that if you don't know where you're going, that can be a good thing. That means it's a new frontier. It's wide open. There are exactly. all kinds of opportunities. So we're not saying business. You don't know where you're going. The answer is you're going someplace <laughs> new and fresh and exciting, right? So we've turned that into a good thing, courtesy of Lewis Carroll. Thank you, Ashok, yeah. for getting us started. And let me welcome the second panelist. Also coming back on part two of our topic, it's Gopal Rajguru. He's the director of Innovate and Grow Group. He has a very simple quote. It's let the business games be Begin. Gopal's calling in from Malta today, and Gopal, delighted to welcome you back. So welcome, and talk to me about this quote. Let the, and businesses in parentheses, let the business games begin. Gopal, how are you today? I am very well. Thank you very much for having me back, Bunny. Delighted. So tell me about this quote. Well, I, I think it actually plays very nicely with what, uh, what Ashok was just saying, actually, in that the, the, the idea of gamification is certainly catching on tremendously in the business community because they see it as a way. And, and I've asked a number of my clients since our last conversation in April, I've asked a number of them why they were, they were so fascinated with the idea. And I think some of it is, is, is really based on this idea that a game can somehow shorten the learning process. And by shortening the learning process, it, it also reduces the impact on I mean, I'm concerned with sales teams because that's, that's primarily who I train. So but the impact on salespeople's time away from the field. And so it, it has tremendous, tremendous support right now. It's a big wave in business right now to try and gamify many of the aspects of learning that go into the training and preparation of, of, of new salespeople in, a, in an organization. But I think uh, I, I really liked Ashok's quotation there because I think it, it, it was it was perfect. Gamification for the sake of gamification is not particularly productive. You have to know where you're going. So I'd, I'd add not only you know if you don't know which, which where you're going, any road will take you there. I'd use a different quotation and say if you don't know where you're going, 
How will you know when you've arrived? (laughs) It's another quotable. Thank you very much. So we've got two opinions on it's exciting to approach the frontier and not know where you're going. But at the same time, if you're in business, you kind of sort of need to know where you're heading, even though you're not sure which part of gamification is going to get you there. Can we agree on that, Gopal? I, I fully agree with that. Okay, good. Thank you very much. You do not have to agree with me, by the way. You're still on the show. It's okay. Let's welcome our third <laughs> guest. It's Philip Herzig, researcher and developer at SAP. He's calling in from Germany. We have a very global group today. And, Philip, I lifted this from some of your talking points and turned this into a quote. You say, participants who went through gamified e-learning courses are upset when they have to take non-gamified training. Have we spoiled them, Philip Herzig? Welcome back. How are you today? Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty fine. Thank you very much. I'm pretty much delighted to be part again of this conversation. So talk to me. Nope. So who, who are these people? What are e-learning? Where did you observe this? And how do you know they were upset? Did they say no, 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 and they stomped their little hands on the desk mm-hmm, or their big mm-hmm. hands and said, I'm not going to do it. You spoiled me with gamified e-learning, and I'm not going backwards. So what's the observation here, Philip? Yeah, the observation basically is we have something like a, like a platform in SAP now where we can a little bit gamify uh, typical e-learning or gamified online trainings. Just imagine the situation you have, for example, watch 30 hours or 100 hours of training videos, for example, learning how to program a particular technology or learning something about gamification or anything else. And typically, if you, for example, watch at uh, popular things like the MOOC uh, thing that is going on at the moment and so on. You have these, it's, it's somehow always getting boring because the register numbers are very, very high, but the ones who actually f- uh, finish those courses, the number of people who are finishing those courses is actually very, very low. True. The problem, and with the problem with that is it's always boring, it's stall, there's no feedback, what if I'm stuck, it's, it's somehow you're on, mm-hmm. on your own, okay, sometimes there are tests and so on that you have to handle, so there's some kind of interaction, but it's not really interactive. And, the pro- and what we, for example, now have is we gamified, for example, learning how to program for iOS, for, right, for the Apple devices, or learning to program for Android, or a course about gamification in SAP. And we use this gamify application. So, for example, the users are, have something, we create something like an ambient society where the people are seeing. We have a map, like, like you know, maybe from Super Mario, you, you have all the little island and you have different little spots. Each spot is somehow represented by a video. And you can move around with your small figure going into the next video. Then, of course, you have to unlock the next missions basically based on, uh, based on assessing your knowledge. You know, but all, not only that you are moving, but you also know, for example, where the others are moving or where the others at the moment are and what they already know. And you can interact with them in a chat manner and so on. And this really breaks the silo of being alone and individual while taking such a training. And the funny thing about it is, Actually, it was this first of this developer course that we gamified with this uh, G-learning environment. And uh, afterwards, we, we applied the same methodology for gamification, but we didn't apply the, ga- the game mechanics on top of it. So the gamification training was not gamified. 
And the same participants who basically took those, uh, they were really, really, uh, uh, they were really, really amazed by the, by this gamification training. Uh, but unfortunately, then they didn't, though they expected the same kind of experience again in, in, in this, in this subsequent training, and it simply was not there. And they really come like, do this, like, they really wrote emails in the entire organization and to the responsibility person, so they really have to change that, and, and it must be like this because this is the only way. Uh, how how this is uh, yeah how this really works to with watching so many hours of videos. Interesting. I, I love your energy, Philip. Always do. You, you've got me all engaged in this. Uh, I have a comment to make to the whole panel, and before we go to what's in your cup today, I experienced a very surprising, very small tidbit of gamification. You tell me if, if I'm correct in saying that. When I set up these shows, the show you're on today, I get a link from the radio station on where the show is playing live and where the podcast will be posted. I turn that into a short link so I can use it on Twitter and not take up a lot of characters. So I go to a website called Owly, O-W dot L-Y. Well, guess what? I put in the long URL, and it says to me, prove you're a human being, start the game. And then it shows me a little video, and for example, it'll have a bicycle, and it'll have four things rolling around in, in space next to the bicycle. It'll say, put the parts on the bicycle. So I have to physically drag the seat and put it on the bike. I have to drag the wheel and put it on the bike. And then it says, congratulations, game over. You're a human. And then it spits out the randomly generated rated URL that I can use on Twitter. I am so delighted. I actually look forward to going on OWLY and playing this little game. Philip, you first. Uh, is this a good example of, of how it's delighting people and engaging them in, in a business sense? Talk to me for a second. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very nice and very nice example because you typically know how this was done before, right? This capture mechanism. You have to insert some some ugly looking characters. Sometimes you yeah, even cannot, exactly. as a human, That's you right. cannot even identify. You cannot even identify what the characters. Is it a one? Is it an eye? I don't know. It, it's sometimes so 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 fuzzy to identify. And making it like a like a game because a machine definitely cannot make this this little puzzle that you described. This is something that a machine can hardly play and or hardly can achieve. And therefore, it is definitely something. It's first of all, it's a, it sounds like a very secure mechanism, which is the intention of this of this capture. Mm. And on the mm-hmm. other side, it is somehow entertaining. So it's I, I think it's a win win situation for both. sides. It certainly yeah. wins for I me. Mean, Ashok, and go ahead, go, Paul. Speak to me, yeah, please. Yeah. I was, I was going to say that the, the, the other thing that people are doing is gamifying uh, greeting cards. So if you get a Christmas card or or birthday card or something, yeah, it'll say, "Well, click on this," and then you get a sparkles coming out. Click on this, and an angel falls from the sky or something, and whatever. And then you complete the card yourself. And you get a little um, music playing or whatever. So, so that makes it much more interactive and interesting for the per- participant, which you can't do can't do on a normal card. Very, very well put. Thank you. That's good information. Gopal, any thoughts on this before I ask you all what you're drinking today? Well, I, I actually like the idea. I think this is, as Philip was saying, taking a, a relatively mundane task, which is mm-hmm. identifying yourself as a real person rather than one of these internet bots doing doing this. Uh, <laughs> Exactly, and turning it into into a little video, to the point that it, it it enchanted you enough to tell us about it. I thought that was just magnificent. That, <laughs> that is that is the kind yeah. of application that says somebody sat down and 
thought about thought it. Thought about it, yeah. And yes, and by the way, the that. game is different. There are a number of games. Some of them are put the drinks in the cooler, or there's always something that's familiar, and four objects and two of them are correct. So you have a 50-50 chance if you have no clue what you're talking about. Thank you for accepting uh, my example. I appreciate it. Now, I have a little game to play with the three of you. What's in your cup today? You know, I want to know what you're drinking. If it's interesting, and if not, what do you wish you were drinking? Let's circle back to Professor Ashok Ranchad. What are you drinking today, Ashok? And what time of day is it in the UK? Um, it's about 3.15 or so in the afternoon. Um, espresso. Oh, good. Is that keeping you going? Wait, wait a minute. UK, yeah. are, you ready, are you ready for high tea in about an hour or not going to have that today? Uh, no, because I, I actually run a yoga class in, uh, in our local uh, village pub. So I won't be eating anything. (laughs) (laughs) A yoga class in a pub. I I don't even want to go there. All kinds of pictures are being conjured up. It's not drinking. It's not drinking. We use a different room. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. Okay, and then it's always available after that. You know the expression, mind your P's and Q's. Do you know where that came about, Ashok? Do you remember that? The the phrase, Um, mind your P's and Q's from the old English pub. I do, but I can't recall it now. Well, the the peas were the pints and the cues were the quarts. And the barmaid or whatever they were, bar winch, oh, used to yes, say to the right. drinkers, remember how much I served you. And when it's time to pay up, mind your peas and cues and remember and how cues, much we yes. – that's right. That was a form of uh, monetization right. there. Go, pal. <laughs> what are you drinking today? And how is – what time is it in Malta? I don't even know where that is. Talk to me. Well, Malta is in the middle of the Mediterranean. It's sort of a rock that six sticks out. About uh, 90 miles southwest of Sicily, so it's sort of between the south end of Italy and the north end of North Africa. So it's uh, it's, it's it's a little rock out there in the middle of the middle of the Mediterranean, and it's a very small island, only about 30 kilometers by 25 kilometers. It's a it's a very very small place, and it's in a strategic place. So, mm. as, as the Maltese like to say, it's been invaded by everybody. So there, there are <laughs> tra- traces of. <laughs> traces of history here from pretty much everybody, so it's a, it's a it's a very nice little place here, and it's about an hour ahead of the UK. So we're just at uh, well, for five fifteen actually five fifteen. So what now. are what are you and, drinking? Well, I'm having the tea. So <laughs> even though Ashok is not drinking it, I am. So, Sorry, um, I got I was, the time wrong. Four fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now we've level set on our time. Thank you very much, Gopal and Philip. You're in Germany. What part of Germany today? And what what time is it? What are you drinking? Okay. So uh, first of all, I'm drinking my typical office coffee. I don't know what it is, a Melita or something from a WMF machine. So it's, it sounds not, uh, it tastes not so good. But um, I'm, I'm in the same time zone as as, as Gopal is. So it's 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 uh, quarter past five now here in Germany in the afternoon. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a little bit more um, more in the east now of Germany today. Actually, in, in, I'm sitting in Dresden, in the city of Dresden, which is in the east of Saxony and Germany. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that. There's, will you still call it Dresden, China? Do they still produce China there? Yeah, they still produce China there. That's right. Okay, good to know. Looking for all kinds of references, part of the game today. Uh, let's see, Malcolm Kimberlin, who is tweeting under SAP underscore radio at hashtag SAP radio, says his day started early. I know he was up for a conference call for a future radio show we're doing in July. 
a very interesting show we're planning. And he says his day started early. He's way past the coffee stage, and he's now on to H2O, and that's exactly what I'm drinking here in New York. <laughs> Thank you, Malcolm, very much. We appreciate that. This is shaping up to be a very interesting conversation. Our topic today on Coffee Break with Game Changers is gamification, serious business, part two. If you're keeping track, it's May 21st, Wednesday, 2014. We did part two with the same panel on April 9th, as I said before, and this is episode number 135 in Coffee Break, which we started back in 2011. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, in case you couldn't figure that out already. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to launch into our roundtable, which is going to be filled with case studies, what's happening in the world of gamification, and how is gamification changing the world of business. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Brad, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We're back. I'm speaking today with Professor Ashok Ranchad with a lot of letters after his name at Games Design Hub. He's joined on the panel by Gopal Rajguru, Director of Innovate and Grow Group, and Philip Herzig, Researcher and Developer at SAP. Uh, Ashok is calling in from the UK. Gopal is in the Rock of Malta. And Philip is in Germany, and I'm sitting here in New York, delighted to speak with them. And our topic is gamification, serious business part two. Let's kick off our roundtable. I hope the panel has their seatbelts on because this is going to go through for about 25, 30 minutes nonstop. I hope you're ready, and I know you are. We're going to kick off with Gopal Rajguru. Uh, one of your notes you sent me, Gopal, talked about a game-based workshop you did at FCOM last year in Las Vegas for 350 people for an entire services sale team, and you noted here, you called it the Services Sales Race, a competitive sales education event for 65 teams, and you added, and I want everybody to take note, especially our tweeter, the only way to keep ADD salespeople in the room for an entire day. I think that says it all. Go, pal, talk to me. How did you get roped into this? How did you design the game, and how did it turn out? Go ahead. Well, it was uh, it was a very interesting assignment, actually. It was uh, one that I was working on with uh, Maria Gattuso, actually from uh, from SAP, and uh, she was uh, she was um, looking for a way to, to to actually do some sort of sales education at FCOM, 
while at the same time having a an event, some sort of a some sort of a fun thing that the people could do, which at the same time would would educate them, and, and a game simply filled the, the, the you know the spot perfectly. And so what we did is try to try to create a, a game-based version of a sales workshop that would harness the natural competitive nature of salespeople and put them into a, a competitive race. And that was the, the name behind it was the, the race. And we have a we have a program like this at uh, at one of the companies where I work, and we we do a uh, we do a, a competitive version of a, a sales workshop where. The teams are given a case study, and we wrote a specific case study for SAP services, and then uh, they work together because the input is known and the output is known. They work against each other. Uh, the 65 teams worked against each other, and then they were scored on the way in which they interpreted exactly the same information provided to all teams. And it was really fascinating that even when you give the same exact input to a bunch of different teams, how their interpretations can vary. And that was the that was the real the real game in this, if you will, is the way in which they chose to interpret the information provided to them as a as a way to complete the game board. And it was a it was a it was a fascinating thing because the last exercise is actually one in which they not only had to provide the content, they also had to provide the scoring. So that was that was really interesting. They had to create a value proposition for the customer in question and a neighboring team would actually score their value proposition. So they, they didn't get to score their own, and nor did I score them. They were, they were scoring each other's value propositions. And it was, it was very interesting to see how it came out that even after all of this, there was a very tight race between three teams eventually, and the winning margin was only about five or ten points, if I remember right. Wow. Gopal, a great example of engagement in a very deeply business context. I have a question for you, and then, of course, I want to invite Ashog and Philip to comment. I'm sure they have something to add to this. Question is, did you monitor, poll, or even casually assess the attitude of the salespeople before the event? Did they come in rolling their eyes? Oh, God, what have they got in store for us now? I have to stay here all day. What am I going to do? Am I going to be bored? How can I get out? How many breaks can I take? Something like that. I hate to fill in the blanks. And then on the other side, how did you know it was a success after the fact? So, Gopal, just a little more from you, please. Certainly. The, uh, did I poll them beforehand? No. Was it an FCOM, and have I been to lots of those? Yes. So, let's put it this way. They came with their Blackberries fully charged. <laughs> <laughs> that says it all. Okay. Prepare to be and, multitasking and doing something exactly. else. And, and okay. in, in the end, I mean, I think it was it was quite funny. But uh, you know, there was there, there were a number of people who were running this event, and they were saying, "Well, you know, we got to make it, you know, more compact and more compact and more compact, and we got to get them out of here. They won't stay that long. They won't stay that long." Six o'clock rolled around. We, we started at five o'clock or at nine o'clock in the morning, I think it was, and, and six o'clock rolled around in the evening, and, and the, the organizer came back in, and he looked around and said. They're all still here. Uh-huh. What are they doing here? So, and, and that's said, the well, answer. Playing to win. <laughs> that's what they're doing. They're that's playing right. To win. 
That's right. And, and you know, that's something I didn't bring into my intro was games have been around for centuries in all societies and cultures, but we don't talk about that quest to win. That's part of why games work. So, well, Ashok, I know you have something to say on this. Why don't you chime in? And Philip as well. Go um, ahead. Yeah. I mean, I mean, having, having run uh, sort of marketing simulations and, and for, for, quite, for a very long time, over 20 years, and seeing, see, seeing them evolve, I kind of uh, went on this quest to to develop um, the transition between those kind of pure simulations and gaming because that's the way I think things should be moving. And I think the element of competition is a very real one. I mean, I've 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 encountered situations where where people have almost nearly come to blows, um, you know, on a hot summer's day, to where mm-hmm. people have cooperated and and being very clever in the way they they trying to outwit uh, teams that they are competing with. So competition actually does get people seriously engaged in games. So I think multiplayer games um, serve their purpose in that sense because teams from, say, a particular organization given a task may well try and come up with the best possible solution to, to a problem. So... Yeah, I think I think competition is one element. I'm not saying it's 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 appropriate every time, but it certainly mm-hmm. does engage people. Philip Herzig, thoughts on that? Yeah, also thoughts on that because we found also in research things that so with regard to the case from Gopal, it's just a very interesting case, and because it makes it made a couple of things right with regards to what it takes to deploy competition. Uh, yeah. in, in, in businesses, because first thing that is that was done right is that it was a finite uh, competition, right? It starts at the end of at the, at the beginning of the day and it ends at the end of the day. And also, all the participants who participated obviously had the same kind of knowledge, same kind of resources. So it was not an unfair competition where someone else uh, does mm. already know more than the other ones. And last but not least, it's of course the right target audience, as Paul already said. Because typically sales people are really, really competitive oriented mm-hmm. already, and it really fits their nature. However, in other circumstances, this addresses now also um, uh, Ashok's uh, comment because in, in some other embodiments or some other situations, uh, this might not be directly cannot be directly translated. For example, if you have more socializing in a company, if you try to, for example, collaborate to, to, to make, for example, make teams to more collaborate or something, then uh, uh, this kind of competition, for example, might be more poison than really yeah. a gift, right? Things like design or, or system processes or something like that. Exactly. Mainly cooperation, you know. Exactly, because then, for example, the resources are not shared equally anymore, or the, 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 the game, for example, is an, is an infinite game that lasts forever, right? And then mm. the ones who are already in this game for, I don't know, 10 years are, of course, unbeatable by the ones who are currently onboarded as, as, as novices, for example, and so on and so forth. And there, the situation is completely different. Different and here uh, competition has somehow to be considered harmful. In, but but in this situation, it's a perfect example, and also because a lot of things ha- ha- had been done in a, in a right manner, right? So that this competition really works out as expected. Yeah, and and also I think from what you were saying, Philip, those kind of games actually become um, novice and experienced learning situations rather than competitive mm-hmm. situations. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. right. 
Thank you all. And uh, I want to go back to um, Gopal. Any thoughts on what your colleagues on the panel have just said about your example before I go to another direction? Well, actually, I'd like to come back to Philip's comments, actually. And, and you're exactly mm-hmm. right, Philip. This, this is the reason we, we, we did it this way, is that we were trying to think, what is, what is the common element that all salespeople share? And it's their competitive nature. You know, that, that was the one thing we thought. Mm-hmm. You can't just have a game where you, you sort of do and be and, and, and that's it. We, we had to have them work against each other. And, but to do it in a way that, as you said, it's a finite game. It wasn't something that put everybody on unequal footing because there were people in the room who naturally had many years of experience and others who had very few years of experience. And we wanted to put them more or less on the, on the same, same footing. And that was why we used a case study, so that no one had access to information that was, if you will, different from, from, from all the others. Their information was essentially identical. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that made, it, that made it much, much more acceptable. And they, they really had a, they had a good time with it. It was a, it was a really yeah. fun, fun game. And the winning team got some iPads, which is really cool. <laughs> ah, <laughs> to go along with their fully charged Blackberries. That's and, always an incentive. <laughs> to go along with the Blackberries they weren't allowed to use. There you go. <laughs> you got it. You got it. It, was, it, now, it worked very, very well. Now, I'd l- like to turn to some examples, some case studies brought to us by Professor Ashok Ranchad. And uh, these come from the source a uh, book called Video Game Serious U.S. Business for America's Economy by Robert W. Crandall and J. Gregory Sedak. And I want you to cover, Ashok, if you would, let's start with advertising in the real estate industry, and then maybe we can bring in the examples from health and corporate training. And, of course, Gopal and Philip, at any time when Ashok even takes a breath for one second, jump in, say your name first, and and (laughs) dive in. You don't need to wait for me to call on you. We're all comfortable in the sandbox playing together. So, Ashok, take us through a couple of these examples and why you pick them, please. Tell us first about advertising um, in real I, estate. Go ahead. Well, I, I, I think um, advertising is because I've, I've kind of got a PhD student who's looking at advergaming um, in terms of what, what companies can do, etc. And a lot, a lot is to do with engagement. Um, I mean, you gave, you gave that example of uh, um, you being engaged on the internet, on Auli, and and mm-hmm. trying to sort of uh, being delighted by by getting into the situation in a in a different yes. way. Uh, likewise, I think if you have um, games um, for uh, things like houses or estates that you're selling, then what you're doing is you you're getting the person to kind of think about the sorts of things they want the sorts of things they need, et cetera, and then that game then gets them to their kind of ultimate goal. So it's got, it's got some end result in mind. Um, and when, you, when you're doing advert games, the, the whole idea is to engage the person in something um, which is entertaining and fun. You know, I mean, there's a lot of discussion mm-hmm. about fun theory in gaming, and and wow. the more fun you have, the more you're going to be engaged, and more you're going to be in flow with the game. So so a lot of companies are now thinking that uh, what do we do? You know how 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 do we make things which have been sort of generally mundane, and the advertising world has been very much a one-to-many kind of thing. You know, we put up an advertisement on television. A lot of people have uh, recording boxes so they can skip the ads. They don't really want to kind of take part. 
Um, so, I mean, interestingly, um, on on something like Channel 4, 4 on demand, we have a channel here. You, if you watch it on the through the internet on your computer, you can't actually skip the ads, which is very interesting. You have to you have to see the ads. So, ah. so the idea so the idea is how do, how do you get people engaged and. And I think a lot of companies have started to put things like QR codes on, say, Kellogg's cornflakes or something and whatever, and then, you know, the kids can download it onto their phone and then they can have a game and they can see things happening. There's, some, there's a fascinating one with haagen where, you know, you could, you could actually see things in stereo and, uh, and uh, uh, two people playing the violin, you know, that would come up virtually on, onto your phone. So there's all kinds of funny things going on and, and games to engage people. So I think that's, that's the way advert gaming is going. It could be that it might get too saturated or it may be mm-hmm. one of these competitive things where people will try and vie with each other and come out with even more spectacular things. Ashok, I don't know in, which way it will go. In, and to your point, in relation to the advertising in real estate, I want to ask you to please clarify, are we talking about gaming in the sense that it's 3D technology that even goes so far today as to allow shoppers looking for a home to look out the window of a home they're, they're looking at? To oh, see yes. View, view? So, but we're not talking about playing a game, or it, wouldn't it be interesting if you could actually bid on the house online and have a, now is we're going to open the window for one hour and let everybody bid and the winning buyer will <laughs> Be announced. I mean, can you think of a house auction? Maybe it's being done. So let's clarify. What kind of game? Yeah, I know. What kind of gaming are we talking about in real estate? I I think in real in in real estate. I mean, you could you could have a game around the house, like you know, spot the spot the features or something, and then and then you you get a score, a bit like clicking on on here mm. and what have you learned? You know, what 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 does this location offer you? What does this kitchen offer you, what does the study offer you, etc. So they'd be more softer games. I don't think they're going to be kind of competitive games, but it's more about learning about the place, you know. Okay, thank you. Uh, Like like the card thing I said, you know, when when you send somebody a Christmas card and you click on this and this thing reveals itself and you click on that and, you know, uh, uh, an angel reveals itself and so on and so forth, you know. So it would be more of amusement and delight and, uh, and enlightenment rather than a competitive win-win and then, game. And then it registered these people's minds that this is what this property looks like. This is, Got it. This is what it is, you know. And let's, let's do one more example before we have Philip and, uh, and Gopal chime in. You want to do the example of health or corporate training? Which would you prefer, Ashok? Um, either one, really. I'm, let's I'm, talk I'm about health. Both. <laughs> let's talk, all right, let's okay, talk health. about health, and then we're going to have the other two chime in because I want to keep them in I the think, conversation. I think on, on, on the health thing, there, there's a. I think the games are a lot to do with uh, with apps and and trying to understand perhaps how how the body works or whatever. So, so if people are, are trying to understand diabetes, for instance, then then they they may play a game on on, you know, calorie intake or this kind of food, what kind of impact does it have on your cells? And, and then you, you, you work on that and you understand and you learn that this is the way you can improve your health or this is the way it, it may, things may be detrimental to your health. Um, there, was, there was a game uh, 
I've oh, forgot, forgotten the name now, which was produced as a serious game, which was on teaching kids to understand cancer. And, that's remission. Cancer... Re- remission. Remission, I think, is the that's game. That's right. Yeah, thank you. Developed thank by you. the I, Hope. I... You're welcome. Developed by Hope Lab. Yeah. Tell us about that, please. That's Very right. important. I, I met the lady who developed it, actually. She, she, mm. she works in uh, uh, Cato, Professor Cato. She works in uh, Holland at the moment. And um, I think one of the things was to get the, the, the kids to understand how they could put the cancer cells in remission. And a lot of it was visually done through games. So you're shooting up the cells, or if you take your tablets and you take the medication, this is what's happening, and, and how you are attacking these cells. So it becomes almost like a video game, but with a purpose. And also it's kind of sending uh, positive signals to to the people playing so they understand how they are controlling the situation. Thank you very so, much, Gopal. I want you to chime in on this, and Philip as well, thoughts on the serious side of gaming and health and in uh, semi-serious in the sales process of real estate. Any thoughts on that, where it's going, Gopal, Philip? Well, I, 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 it wasn't in a real estate uh, context, but it was. It, I, I saw a video on the internet that I thought was very funny and, and very nice, using this this idea of, of engaging people through through a, a type of a game. And it was a it was a company that was trying to. It was engaged by I think it was the government of Sweden, if I remember right, because the, the the film took place in a in an underground station in Stockholm. And what they did is they were trying to encourage people to, to integrate more exercise into their day-to-day lives. And right next to the escalator exiting this, this subway station, there is a staircase. And what they did is to make people take the staircase rather than the escalator, they actually did up the staircase like a piano. Oh, yeah. And, That's a fun theory, yeah. Yeah, the fun, the, the fun theory one where the, 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 the way in which the staircase was done as you walked on the white and black keys intermittently, they were actually wired speakers, and they actually made music, and you saw people running up and down the stairs and doing ah. this, where you know, one trip up the stairs would have been enough to get them out. They were often coming back three and four times going up and down just so they could play a song using their feet. <laughs> it sounds like, wasn't there a movie called Big with Tom Hanks where he was uh, playing a yeah, huge yeah, similar, piano, if I remember? Similar, similar, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, pulling the memories out yes, of the exactly. bank. Philip, Philip, talk to us. And Philip, I know you have some other examples. Yeah. If you'd like to introduce the to-go application and talk about social communities, we are going to take a break in about six minutes. So I'd love to get some more of your examples in, Philip Herzig, please. Of, of, your, of this example with the to-go. Yeah, the to-go example is very interesting because it really shows how motivation for for a very simple application like a carpooling application that gets people together to share their car with each mm-hmm. other, how different the motivations are, for example, in different parts of the country between cultures and so on. And it is very interesting also um, with regards to, to, to the motivations and how you can reinforce that using game mechanics. So, for example, the U.S. people, when it's, so just imagine this carpooling application. It's a simple application. Uh, you signify that you want to do a right intent with this application by specifying an Outlook calendar meeting. Uh, just, just send it to the application. You want to, for example, you want to have a ride uh, between 8 and 10 a.m. in the morning from home to work or something like that. And mm-hmm. the, 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 what the application basically does is it matches willing passengers and 
drivers together who are on the same route. So there's an, an, an intelligent algorithm with a map uh, behind it. And, it. and for example, a driver can specify how much detour is acceptable and so on to, to, to pick up a passenger bet, between his, his uh, de, uh, yeah, source and destination. And yeah, so the, 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 the motivation to use such an application are pretty, pretty interesting difference. So for example, the Americans are much more, when you analyze it, much more on winning prizes, going in a lottery, or uh, utilizing the, the carpooling lane on Interstate 5 and things like that. They want to, they want to use those kind of, kind of benefits. Uh, on the other side, for example, in Germany, uh, they want to use, for example, such an application um, to be ecologically sustainable because they want mm-hmm. to do something good for the environment and try to pollute less or they want to what what is common across all cultures on the other side is for for example that they want to use this application to socialize or to extend their their network using an application because you never really know with whom you will drive because it anonymously matches uh, passengers and drivers if you like and this you can do. And with the gamification, for example, let's take one initial motivation. Let's take, for example, you want to be ecologically sustainable. This is typically a dilemma because if you, you, you all, we all somehow know that we have to avoid pollution somehow, but it's a dilemma because you, your contribution is only very, very small, right? And even if you, if you try to, you give it up after one week because you still see that there's no impact, uh, there, you will lose the motivation because everyone is still using cars and so on, mm. Dri- mm. driving with their own car and, and so on and so forth. So everyone is doing that. In game theory, we call that a prisoner's dilemma. And the, what is missing basically is the transparency. So if we can create a context where everybody can attach to and can derive a meaning out of it, um, then this would be a nice idea. And what we, for example, did is um, not only to say, oh, you have to save carbon and you get carbon points for using this application. And, and yeah, every time you drive, you get some carbon points. But for example, we make then a, 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 a monthly race where we say, for example, the HANA, SAP HANA department against the SAP NetWeaver department. Mm. And and this yes. is a monthly race, and the ones who who, who save most uh, I don't know 100,000 kilograms of carbon dioxide, then yes. will get a get a big party exactly. or something like yes. that. Or you can even reinforce that twice because. Because using such an application within a company saves the company a lot of money because you don't have so much fuel costs anymore and, and so on. So the money can be spent on other purposes. And in this case, for example, with this, eco- this initial motivation of being ecologically sustainable, we reinforce that twice with the idea of saying, okay, we have another point metric, and this point metric can be used, or from time to time, a water can, some, a bottle of water falls, a virtual item falls out of each ride with a particular probability. And we take that, and you have a virtual tree, and you can use the water to grow <laughs> that virtual tree. Yeah. Once the tree is on level 10, uh, the company goes ahead and really plants a tree with the name of the driver who has contributed that kind oh. of tree on the campus in SAP. Fantastic, yeah, fantastic. So this is a double, this is an example of, of, of a nice example, as I think, uh, for reinforcing the initial motivation. It's not only saving and doing something good for the environment, but also contributing back uh, based on the actions that I do in the application. Yeah, I think, is, Philip, yeah, I, I, think, I think that's a brilliant example because that's bringing gaming and, and the reality of life together. Uh, and social bring, bring responsibility. Ashok, social, social responsibility. responsibility. 
I have a comment to make. We had on one of our radio shows, HR Trends with Game Changers, May 13th, last week, we had Peter Graff, the SAP Chief Sustainability Officer, as a guest, and we talked a little bit about this to-go, by the way, which is spelled T-W-O-G-O.com, developed by SAP for carpooling. And there were some glitches. Uh, Philip, I know you're aware of this, some glitches in getting it to catch on. And guess what put it over the edge? The fact that the CEO was participating in it. Everybody yeah, and yes. yeah, yes. and they people were saying, "What if I ride with him? What should I wear? What should I talk about? And can I really mm-hmm. go to work with this this great mm-hmm. man?" And and it got excitement. And then because of the energy that came with it, they added incentives like reserve parking. They added shuttles yeah. to parties, and they started That's donating right. a dollar for every shared mile to charity. Exactly. So yeah. very so there was a social Philip a comment a little more. You know what guys, we're gonna skip our break and we'll go right into the predictions round in a minute. This is too much fun. So Philip, any other thoughts <laughs> on to go and go pal, we want to hear from you. Go ahead. Philip? Well, go pal Go ahead, Philip. Go, any go, more Paul, comments go ahead, on to go ahead. Go pal yours. Go <laughs> <Okay>. ahead. <laughs> in terms of predictions. Oh, let's go into predictions then. We've got, let's see, we've got nine minutes till the end of the show. If you want, but I'd love to hear your comment on, on the to go in terms of the social responsibility paired with game changing with the game, with the, uh, the idea that people oh, are yeah. doing it together and the teams and the ideas that you're adding something to social responsibility. Yes, Brad, we're skipping the break. Go pal thoughts on the concept, the big concept. Well, I, I, I like the concept a lot because I think it engages several areas of people's People's consciousness, desire, and makes it easy to do. It's 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 the, the to go app. I think is is really fantastic because it, it it actually takes a concept that's that's quite wild. It uses social networking to bring together people who may have a desire which is difficult for them to fulfill. If you have someone who is very conscious about about their ecological impact, for example, and says, I, you know, I drive all the way to work and, you know, I have three empty seats in the car. I really should be taking other people with me. How do you go find those people? And by, by creating a, a virtual mm-hmm. mechanism through which people who need a ride can be paired with those who are willing to give one is – to me, just fantastic, and creating as a as a set of rewards out of it something that's tangible that takes the the intangible of collecting points or carbon credits or whatever it is, and actually bringing them into a physical manifestation, like a tree planted on the campus or you know some some other some other thing that, yeah. that they can then say, I played a part in that. It, it, mm-hmm. it has the it plays to our sense of belonging. It plays to our sense of contribution. It plays to our sense of accomplishment by providing a very tangible output from all of the effort that goes into creating this, this effectively, this social game. And I, I think it's, it's an absolutely fantastic way to engage people in something that they would otherwise be hesitant to do simply because of the difficulty of doing it. And it's, it's something that can be extended to different areas like HR, you know, people managing their own health so they're not a, not a burden on the company in terms of lost days and, and, and all the rest of it. So, you know, it, 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 can, it can spill over into different things. I mean, it also brings to mind on that fun theory thing where they, they um, I think somewhere in Denmark, they had this 30-mile-an-hour zone and uh, they actually made it into a game and said that you are being watched, and the more times you went under 30, uh, you you then went into a lottery draw. 
And right. oh my uh, it goodness, a game, you know, so we need so that in New York. To win. We need yeah. that in well, New York it, it, badly. You, you, go ahead. You say this. You we, we had one, one of my friends is actually in the process of developing, uh, you know, one of, one of the big challenges in an office-based environment is, of course, getting people to exercise more yes. In, yes. in the day-to-day, day-to-day environment. And they've actually created a, a mechanism to, to, to make that easier. They use this, this, this idea of what's called high-intensity interval training. So it's, yes, a, it's hits. A, yeah. a hits, exactly. And, and they, they're using that, and it created a, a self-contained little cubicle in which there's a an ergonomic bicycle that actually runs you through a program and all of this. It's, it's very, very cool, you know. And yeah. it, it's funny because when they, when they installed it in their first test installations, part of the problem was exactly this. It's like, yeah, it's there. I'm wearing my suit. Uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> no, I'll do it tomorrow. And it, well, it, maybe it becomes a game where, where they then everybody <laughs> contributes some points towards a greater good. I love it. You know what? I have to get you, I have to get you all back on the game. It's time for predictions now. We're going to circle back to Ashok Ranshot. I'm going to give you, let's see, we have five minutes to close. We're really tight, but we've been having too much fun here. Ashok, I'm going to give you exactly one minute. Predictions. What's going to happen in, (laughs) I know, honey. What's going to happen in the world of gamification in the next five to ten years? Go. Right. I mean, I, I think that gamification is going to move towards things like you know, Oculus Rift, which which where where people are looking at things in three dimensions, um, much more interactivity and much more um, understanding of the psychological and uh, impact of what people can do through gamification. So I think technology and mind, the the research into minds, is is going to come together in a big way. So we get the most effective. Uh, um, output out of an individual, you know, so that um, and in a in a in a hopefully in a pleasant way, and it doesn't become one of these controlling kind of mechanisms like Brave New World, but that that's the way I think things are going to go. A lot more 3D, a lot more sort of holographic experiences, a lot more understanding of how the brain engages with these things and and how how well the learning takes place. Thank you, Ashok. Brilliant. And Gopal Raj Guru today on Malta. I'm giving you exactly one minute for your predictions, Raj Guru. Mr. Raj Guru, go. I think that people will actually figure out where they're going because today the, the amount of investment and the amount of interest that is going on regarding gamification in the business workplace is exploding. And mm-hmm. as I pointed out with his quotation, if you don't know where you're going, you know, any road will get you there. And I think they'll come to the realization very soon that gamification for the sake of gamification just is not a good investment. Unless you have a clear objective and that the gamification is designed in a way to help people achieve that objective because the, the investment, while it's, it's big today, the, I think the return on that investment will become the focus later on. And as a result, they will, they will have a much clearer idea of not only where they're going, but how they want to get there. And so that will, that will create a much more focused application of gaming in the future. Thank you very much. And that leaves one minute for Philip Herzig at SAP. Go ahead, Philip. 
predictions. <laughs> it's unfair that I'm always the last one because <laughs> already, already said. But I have not to your fault. <laughs> I have to 100% agree with uh, with Gopal because I, that's actually also what I want to say. Uh, in the next few years, we will have good examples. We have, will have pretty bad examples because a lot of people, well, you know, they are always like, oh yeah, it's about uh, gamification. Oh yeah, I know games. Okay, I got it. I got it. Don't explain me anything. <laughs> and the problem with that is typically give me a half an it takes me half an hour or an hour to reset those those people's uh, mind completely <laughs> to zero that they don't really know anything about anything it. about it too yeah about anything about it and the problem with that is that this also will lead to a lot of bad examples in the future and but ultimately eventually it's it, it's what's going to happen what also my prediction and this is consistent with gopal is is comment is that that there will be uh, in the next five years or so we will have a better understanding on what it really takes on the one hand side from the psychological needs but also from the organization organizational needs from the investment perspective from the from the econo- from, from the economical perspective what it takes to really create good gamification designs for companies in businesses and so on so this is uh, it will definitely consolidate over the next five years and maybe we have in five years a good methodology how to how to yeah. design those approaches quite well Thank you, Philip, and thank you, everyone. It's time for Bonnie's predictions now, and you know what they are. Tomorrow is Thursday, Future of Business with Game Changers, 7 a.m. Pacific. Great topic. I believe we're talking about accelerated, the future of accelerated innovation, which has some roots here in our talking about the future of gamification. On Monday, we'll be back with Financial Excellence with Game Changers, although it's U.S. Memorial Day. We won't be here, but we're pre-recording the show tomorrow. Great topic. I'll tell you about it tomorrow. And Tuesday, we are back with HR Trends with Game Changers and Wednesday, of course, right back here, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Business Channel with Coffee Break with Game Changers. Thank you a bunch to Professor Ashok Ranchad, to Gopal Rajguru, and to Philip Herzig. Such a delight to have the three of you back in total as part two. Maybe we'll have to do part three. I don't know. I'm not fooling around here. <laughs> Shout out to Phil Durvin for bringing us the topic, to Malcolm Kimberlin for tweeting a lot of words of wisdom from our guest Brad and the Business Channel team. And here is Bonnie's call to action. And this is, you make it a game if you want. Fasten your seatbelt. Maybe you're riding in the to-go. You're part of the to-go.com generation. Fasten your seatbelt, whoever car you're riding in. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another live edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.